This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Was this on the XM show or was it on the podcast that uh, you were very dubious of the Chargers pick that we made? And then it was on me. And then I said, no problem. It's on me. We're taking the Chargers on Monday night. Well, it might as well have been on both. I mean, I picked the Chiefs and staff picks, and I was on them. And you not only, yeah, best bet and forced us to use them in our, uh, in our super contest. So, yes. All right. So what am I supposed to do as penance for being incorrect on that? Oh, Liz, I don't, you don't need anything. You admitting as much is, is enough and, and do so again on XM and just, uh, that, that, that's fine. It happens to the best of us, list. Don't worry oh, about come it. Come on, you're being way too soft on me. Come on, you got to be like, you fucking moron. How <laughs> dare you ruin our... You, you know our what you have to do, Liz? You know what you have to what? do? You have to admit that you were dead wrong in the Nick Chubb argument. No, hell no. Hell no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> How can I do that? <laughs> the ultimate penance. The, I came up with the ultimate punishment. You did, you did. So. But no, I won't, I won't admit that. I'll admit that I was wrong about taking the Chargers, because I was. I'm not going to admit I'm wrong about something I'm right about. At I'm least the kind of person that will go take it to the death. You know what I mean? Like I'll, If I'm right, you don't know how many marital squabbles I've had that I know for a fact that just not arguing about it would just be by far the better option for everybody's happiness involved but i'm right and i'm not letting this slide how much damage how much suffering in my life i've done i've had for being right and not just letting it go no way zero percent chance no of course i, I knew that that was too high happen, but i am happy that i came up with the proper punishment at least even at least even though i know it wasn't gonna happen yeah. so what did you think of that did you watch that uh chargers game i mean what what what, what i mean you gotta, i mean it was obviously it was obviously a coin flip. I mean, it was obviously not like I was wrong, but I was talking about this in my column and on the show that I was actually wrong because I made it my best bet and it was actually just a non-bet. Like when you, when there's one of those games where, okay, your side lost but easily could have won but for a million different things, that's a game where there's just no right and wrong. It, somebody's going to win and collect the money. Someone's going to lose and give up the money, but it's not something you're like, oh, I made a terrible pick. But if it's your best bet, it actually is a bad pick because you're making your best bet something that was a total crapshoot. You want your best bet to be something like the Ravens over the Texans, where it's clearly the right pick. Speaking of which, I gave us the Broncos as my best bet, and that man, that was looking good at halftime too. Uh, outright cover, funny that nearly did not cover. Cardinals would have been one of the bit baddest beats of all time if that had happened. I mean, that's just wild. I, I don't even. You you did end up seeing it. I know. Last I heard, you hadn't seen it. Have you seen the play? Uh, I saw. I, I saw there was a fumble, and then I just like it was okay. I'm turning this off. Game over. I didn't see it get kicked around and ended up you know return for a touchdown. Yeah, he like literally a, a Cardinal guy picks it up two hands and throws it over his head backward 20 yards in the air. It's pretty wild. And then uh, Niners just picks it up for a touch. And then if that wasn't crazy enough, they don't kick the extra point. So and then a lot of the spread was 10 and a half, too. So that was crazy. Nice three and two. Um, I'm on a definitely the best run of my my against spread. It's been like five weeks or something now. So that is almost certainly going to end soon. Uh, this week I found especially difficult, too. So it's it's, it's probably going to be immediately. I, I did not like this slate. Did you did you list? Well, I just finished writing staff picks. Have you had a chance to read it yet? No, I've not read staff picks, no. Well, we're going to have a hard time making our picks because... I know of one. I heard you today. Yes, I heard. I, I'm going to guess Eagle Seahawks were like diametric opposite, right? Exactly. So, like, there's yeah. no way... You know, I've let you have, you know, the Niners or whatever, even though I was on the other side, um, when it's your best bet. I'm like, okay, it's your best bet. Fine, you can take that one. 
But now right. we're going to have to really. And I just did Chargers too. Like, like I just did with you the Chargers. Exactly. Right. Example. You had the Chiefs, yeah. but you weren't yeah. strong on it. So fine. If, if yeah. I wanted, I get it. But this is going to be, uh, well, we'll talk about it. When we get to there, we'll yeah. talk about it. We'll yeah. Real quick, circling back with the, with the Chargers. Um, I've had this running theory, theory that uh, Philip Rivers, of all people who are, who are going to be able to be in on the fix, who would be the last person in the NFL you, you would you would think you know it's the guy the the the, the faith based man with ten kids who doesn't ever cuss you know he might be hiding in plain sight because that was just kind of joking but man watching him in in prime time those some of those interceptions uh, and it's always the Chargers every year you know the sharps like them because the numbers suggest they should be so much better um, I don't know man it's pretty funny but Rivers uh, that he's just those just some of those pictures just make you make you really wonder yeah the point shaving quality of it. You know, it would have to be, obviously they're all so rich that there's no amount of money. It'd have to be like, yes, I'm totally joking. Like there's you, no way. I'm just saying, yeah. no, no, I, I know you're not like, you know, you have no evidence. So you would never say that, but I'm saying like for any QB that was like a well-paid QB, even just a QB that was a starting NFL QB, like they all get paid so well that it would have to be like, they found him cheating on his wife with like an underage girl, something like that, where if it got, you know, if it got out, it would ruin them. Yeah. And no, so, Good point because they couldn't put down enough money like in Vegas. No, like they, you know, they really couldn't get it down. If you're Philip Rivers, or I forget about Rivers because we don't want to pretend like we have, we think it's him. But like, if, if you're you know some starting long term QB who's got fifty to hundred mil in the bank, there's no amount of money that would have you toss away your good name and career and everything. You know, I mean, there's just you're already set. So yeah. it would have to be some dirt, it's some Jeffrey Epstein type stuff. No, definitely. I was just saying, if it was anyone, it'd be like the he'd be the last guy anyone. I'm telling you, I mean, suspect. Caleb Balage must have some. Uh, <laughs> maybe Caleb Balage is the guy behind the, the Epstein uh, operation. <laughs> he's the head of the CIA, like he's secretly, because nobody can explain why that. And, and Nelson Aguilar and Caleb Balage are the two. They're like the deep state. They're like the guys behind the CIA that are pulling the strings, and they've got a lot of dirt on people, and it keeps them on the field and on their teams. Totally. You see those correctional officers get charged, I assume you saw? Yeah, one of them is uh, named Michael Thomas. And uh, <laughs> our, one of our XM producers, Bennett Carroll, tweeted out, like, can't guard Mike. Mike, like, that guy can't guard. He wasn't guarding the, the prisoner. I mean, have you seen that uh, meme going around? I don't know if it's a meme or a hashtag. Yes, I was going to bring that up, too. Yeah, yeah he I love a congressman, that. right? Even a congressman, you saw that, right? Oh, no, I didn't see that. What was it? Okay, a congressman did out a series of tweets, like 26 tweets, and if you spell out every one of the first letters, it's Epstein didn't kill himself. That's great. That's great. Because, like, obviously he didn't, and I was thinking about this today. To a savage, society doesn't make any sense. If you're a savage and I see you with a nice car and, you know, wearing a nice coat and going to a nice, you know, you have some nice food you've taken out from a nice takeout place, you know, a person who's in society is like, oh yeah, that guy has that because he bought it. He bought it because he made the money to buy it. It all makes sense. But if you're a savage or you just don't buy in, you're like, give me that. Like, who the hell are you to have that car and that coat and that food? Like, give me that. I'll just shove you. See a soft person like you, I'm mush you. You know, I just take that, grab the stuff, and throw you down. There's no reason it's yours rather than mine. It's just whoever can fight for it the most. You know, there's no if you don't have buy-in, right? So like so much of the system functioning where you can earn money and have a civilization and restaurants and coffee and whatever, have your house and your car is buy-in to the system. And when the system loses legitimacy, when, when basically like, Oh, you know, this guy just was with a hundred underage girls and Bill Gates was hanging out at his house after he was busted for that. And Bill Clinton's on his plane and Trump's got photos with him and, you know, and you realize, oh, nobody cares. Nobody, those dudes. There's no rules. It's it, it's not legitimate. Then you're you're really risking like the civilization. It's really it's a dangerous thing. Like it's one thing when like the elites secretly get off the hook or they're you know they they get away with stuff and there's rumors and people don't like it and people talk about conspiracies and this and that. It's another thing when it's like in plain sight and the guy who has the goods on everybody just gets murdered. Like that's just it's too much for us to be like well. I better not break the law. I better pay my taxes. I better not do anything wrong. I better respect property rights. Like all those things that you're supposed to do. I mean, they're just, they're delegitimizing the whole deal that everybody has. Yeah. You know, and, and I thought, you know, you know, sadly, I thought this was all going to go away. I, looks like I was wrong. Yeah. The meme, not only that, but the, you see Prince Andrew is like stepping back because of his interview he gave, right? Yeah. Yeah. That interview where he like, 
admitted that he was at the house like for several days, even after the conviction or something. I, I don't know, man. I, th- this thing it is so screwed up. Now, I don't know if they're just like arresting these know-nothing guards who were paid off to do to just ignore what was going on um, just to like for the optics of it. Like, oh, no, no, we, we care. See, we care. Mm, yeah. Or whether they're really trying to follow the leads lean on these guys, let them say who told them not to be on their shifts and move up the chain. Yeah. Or they're just trying to make it look like incompetence. I, I don't know. I don't know either. I'm not sure their motive. Uh, very, yes. That's the main question now is what is their motive for this to come out now? But it, it's, it's um, hard to know the motive without knowing for sure who he has the dirt on, right? Like, is it Bill Gates? Is it Jeff Bezos? Apparently just Lane Maxwell had like four times. She spent like uh, at his like private retreat somewhere. Really? We know Bill Gates was, I think he was on the plane and he was at his house. Bill Clinton was on the plane. I mean, Bill Clinton, I, I would bet a lot of money partook. I would, I mean, I mean, knowing his history, his proclivities and the fact that he was on the plane, I mean, I would just bet a lot of money that he partook. I don't know for sure though, obviously. And it depends who, like if the people running the justice department, Bill Barr and then Trump, and if they're, if they know they're clean from the dirt, then they, you know, then maybe it will get looked into. But if they're also dirty, which they might be, then everybody has an incentive just to make this go away. Yeah, and I'm sure we won't get any any illumination, but it is definitely still lingering for sure. And the fact that it's become a meme, and you bring, you brought up a greater social conscience. To, yeah, you, at a macro level, if it does affect us, turn it to, into total chaos. That's a. It's really that's an you can't thought. do it in plain sight. You can't you can't just you know you the the oligarchy the elites can cheat and rig the system and print money that ends up going back to them. A very small percentage of people own 90% of the stocks and yeah. the QE is just jacking up the stock market and they're like, oh, why is inequality getting worse? Well, yeah, because the guys who own the stocks are getting richer every time you print more money and things like that, they sort of get away with because it's not obvious. It's not obvious to the average person, but the Epstein thing is like him dying in jail is obvious to the average person. Definitely. Totally. I, yeah. Uh, do you think we ever will figure out much or, or what? It's just going to be more of the same. Like, what is your we prediction? don't really know. Okay. So we still don't know really what happened nine eleven. I mean, you might believe yeah. the official story. I, there's a lot of, if you ever go down that conspiracy rabbit hole of like the other building falling a couple of days later, it, it's pretty compelling. You're like, eh, something happened. We, we still don't know. They still won't release. They still won't release like the details they know about like the Saudi involvement in it. We don't know that. And then things like, you know, uh, Bin Laden's capture, like there were like eight different versions of that story just from the official media. They kept changing the story. Nobody really knows exactly how that happened. And then, you know, JFK, do we really know <laughs> yeah, what happened? Right, That's, this is 50 right. years later, more, 58 years later. We, we don't know what happened with him. And I don't know that we're going to know this, right? I mean, I think there's, we should, but... Maybe one day, maybe like in a hundred years, they'll declassify everything. And and there's also like this um, epidemic of overclassification. Everything's classified now. Yeah, I think some stuff's coming out, but yeah, it's mostly going to probably lead nowhere. Yeah, it'll be right with those rest of them and <clears throat> without any information. Um, well, uh, you have anything else specifically on your mind? I have a couple other football things. Our beat Chris Liss. Uh, our team's continued doing pretty well. I think I, I was. Happy to score like 172 and you outscored me even. So you keep uh, you keep rolling. And I had Jimmy G and Josh Allen both score 42 points in that format on my bench. And uh, I started the right guy because I also have Lamar Jackson in that league. So that's pretty crazy. Three QBs score over 42 points. Your team's balling even more, though. It's weird uh, that my team outscored yours because, you know, my QBs, I'm toggling between Baker. You have all the QBs in that league. I'm toggling between Baker Mayfield, Derek Carr, and Tom Brady. I think I'm going to go Mayfield this week. And, you know, it's just, I have Christian McCaffrey, you have Lamar Jackson, the Patriots defense, you know, it's just, I also have like John Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, but it's just funny. Like we got like all the key players besides like Dalvin Cook and Michael Thomas are on our teams. Uh, yeah, I got a uh, Aaron Jones, uh, Zeke has been all right, but, um, pickup for me was Debo and my guy, Devonte Parker. I love Devonte Parker coming through in a, in a league that matters at this stage of his career. It's pretty funny. Um, yeah, so, what Miles so, Garrett, you go ahead. Oh, I, I lost uh, 
Marlon Mack. But Stefania said today that he might be back week 13, so that would be good. Yeah, I heard her say that. So it should be stable once it's in there. Um, that makes sense, too, a short recovery because you actually have to recover from the surgery and the incision itself. I never think of that. So then you're recovered from actual surgery. Then if it's in there, it makes, yeah, that, that makes sense. Miles Garrett, uh, do you have any thoughts on, on that? That happened uh, right after the pod last week. Yeah, I talked about this a little bit in my uh, write-up and, and on the XM show, but Baker Mayfield, that guy's a tool. Like, that dude is – I don't respect that guy. And, and all these people are like, I respect him so much for what he did. He, he basically just threw Garrett under the bus 100% in his, uh, after the post-game press conference. You know, the thing to say, if you're his teammate, you know the guy is like a pariah now. You know he's getting crapped on. He might get criminal charges. He may be suspended for a year. He's your best player. You say, you know, he's a great guy, and obviously we don't condone risking anyone else's health like that, and I'm sure he feels terrible about it, but he's a great guy, and, you know, hopefully we'll get past it. You say something like that. You don't say, you don't just throw him under the bus. It, it, he's just a self-serving little douche. Like, it's so self-serving to just throw, it, no, that guy needs your support now. He's the guy that's going to be persona non grata because he, he did do something legitimately bad, but you're supposed to support a teammate. You don't just throw that dude under the bus. Even no, I got started you. Yeah. The most important league this week. <laughs> yeah, and they have to rank him high this week. Uh, that's an interesting game. But the uh, yeah, I know. I hear you. It is. It is. What, so what? Where, what are your thoughts though on the, as far as uh, Rudolph not getting suspension and in the aftermath? And the, and the I didn't punishment. see the whole thing. I think he started did something, but I mean, you're swinging a helmet at a dude's head. Rudolph is like Roethlisberger. They both have very hard skulls. Uh, <laughs> Rudolph was apparently unhurt. Three hundred pound man, yep. super strong, superhuman man, smashing a helmet into his skull. No problem. It's probably just a glancing blow. He probably pulled up knowing, like, as he was doing it, no, I, I can't do this. I don't know. I, I just think, like, he should get suspended for, like, four games. He'll probably get, like, a year, but people clutch their pearls over this. But he wasn't really hurt. Rudolph started it. Obviously, he shouldn't have done that. He should suffer some punishment, but I'm not, like, so aghast. Yeah, what were the other? Uh, you can't even really think of anything like that happening. I guess Malice of the Palace isn't really the same. Like Rudy Tomjanovich got kind of sucker punched. Oh, well, he got uh, like you, severely yeah, he got hurt. Bad. Yeah, I mean, the danger really is whether helmet or fist. Like those dudes are so strong. Like, I saw that clip Malice in the Palace. Like Ron Artest. You know how strong Ron Artest is. If you're going to fight Ron Artest, like peak Ron Artest. Yeah. Or is that a meta world piece? Actually, you know, it's it's yeah, meta world war when you're getting punched in the face. Like that is like. Those things are so strong. There was it's, a guy out there that looked like Turtle from Entourage was trying to fight him on the court. Some like exactly. Fame. It's just like, like dude, it's if you take a full fist and he didn't really get hit that hard, you are you're gonna do have some serious damage. These guys are way too strong. I saw Shaq once throw a crazy hard punch at somebody. It, it missed. But I'm like, if 320 pound when Shaq was strong and he wasn't just fat, Shaq with that leverage at seven one swings mm-hmm. a fist, yeah. a giant fist sure. at you, it'd probably just kill you. You know, I mean, it's like those guys are, it's superhuman. You can't fight someone like that. Definitely. Um, I, I, had I, mean, a friend I, who was, I had a friend who was about 6'4", 250, but like in shape. And he played uh, football for Dartmouth. And he, he was recruited for like UCLA. I mean, he was like a high school, he's like a monster. And, and if he had kept lifting, he would have been like 6'4", 260. He would have been like NFL edge rusher size. And the guy was like a great athlete. Like he was good at everything. And I remember one time like, I used to like wrestle that dude when we get drunk. But I remember I was like fighting that dude, like wrestling that dude. And I was like, this dude is just stronger than anybody. You know, it, it isn't even a regular fight. It wasn't like a dude who's a little stronger than you. It was like fighting another, a different species, like fighting a gorilla. And, I, you know, it's just, you can't get into a fist fight with some. I was just like, oh, you can't really get into a fist fight with this dude. <laughs> right. <laughs> Definitely the different level. I guess a guy named James Butler. Um, was an old boxer, a Harlem Hammer, they called him, and he, uh, he, he, it was like a charity event, and he totally sucker punched a guy in the in the ring. Do you remember him at all? List that story. No, I don't know that story. Okay, I guess he totally just sucker punched. That, it's actually a crazy story. So Adam Krola told, I'll tell this real quick, then we'll get to the games. This guy named, uh, nicknamed the Harlem Hammer, named James Butler, sucker punched this guy in the ring at like a charity event, just like really horrible. He had like uh, mental problems. So like he struggled off the ring and Max Kellerman became friends with him and like befriended him. And Max Kellerman growing up had a brother, might even been his twin, maybe younger brother. They were super close. And this guy, uh, James, the Harlem Hammer, uh, who he's staying with Max Kellerman, kills Max's younger brother with a hammer. 
just absolutely the horrible, horrible. And he's, as he's dealing with all of this, Adam Carolla comes out with a boxing movie called the hammer. And he invited Max Kellerman to see that movie. Pr- pretty crazy shit, man. That's a wild story about Max and his brother and the boxing, but, uh, no comment. Well, why did he invite him to that? Why, why he didn't know all that. He didn't, he didn't know that he happened to be come out with a movie that he made his first movie, independent film. And it's called The Hammer, just independently. That's his nickname in this movie. Oh, but it's, and he's so inviting Max Kellerman to see the movie. And he's like, sorry, man, I can't see the movie The Hammer at your premiere. My brother was just killed by this boxer named, whose nickname was the Harlem Hammer. Like, oh, I mean, you feel like right, right at the same time? Buy a hammer. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, within a month or whatever. Not only that, buy a hammer. He killed him with yeah. a hammer, too. Right. I mean, he just, couldn't really he couldn't enjoy the movie properly. Exactly, yeah. He just, didn't feel it, he would enjoy sitting through the movie. But I guess that guy, James Butler, did something similar as far as a live sporting event, just total like a sucker. sucker well, a hammer is a whole different level. I mean, just that, that, no, that is a, that's a different, different level for sure. So I'm hammering you with my, the picks so far, uh, like, at least over the past four or five weeks. So uh, let's get back on track. Sounds like we're going to have a hard time coming up with picks. Uh, you said I have not looked at, um, looked at your beating the book yet. I'm going to read them as we go. Thursday night, Colts plus four against the Texans. I like the Colts a lot. I would use it. I think, why is this four? Yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah, I've been wrong in the Colts. Why? Yeah, why is it not just the three? Uh, the Texans, hey, they lost J.J. They, J.J. Watt. You just give away Clowney. I mean, it's just annoying watching Clowney go nuts against uh, the Niners. Uh, this, the Texans' defense isn't that great. So, yeah, the Colts could win this game. So, uh, if you want to use the Thursday night, it'd be the first time we used it this year. But um, I'll, I'll mark it down as a possibility for sure. I thought we used uh, it before, but okay. It's good. Uh, we used one maybe maybe this year. Maybe I'll put uh, Memories, memory, memories fading with ageless. Uh, Dolphins plus ten and a half at the Browns. I flip flopped on this one and ended up actually laying the wood. It feels like this might be the time when Cleveland gets right, even though I don't think they're suddenly good or anything. I really wanted to take the Browns, so I made this line ten, thinking I would be on them, and then it was ten and a half, so I was on the Dolphins. I don't feel strongly about it though. I, I kind of have that feeling. The Browns are like one of those idiot teams with an idiot like Baker Mayfield that can beat up a crap team but always comes up small against somebody good. Steelers would have won that game if, uh, if they hadn't lost all their offensive players. So I, I took the Dolphins, but I don't feel strongly. And even though I'm not, I don't care about the 20 bucks we bet or whatever, just to re- I didn't make it clear enough. Part of the reason I liked Chubb better than Connor was the very real possibility oh, of exactly what happened. You know what I, I mean? I know, but I, mean, I said that, it had to play three quarters, so it was a no bet. I know, but I'm just saying that is – I didn't reiterate that enough. I'm just saying no. that, that was a very real possibility. But Chubb, I mean like, – I don't want to reprise the whole thing, but Chubb scored me nine, nice nine point. He had 27 carries, right. scored 9.2 PBR points for me. I gotcha. Um, Broncos plus four at Bills. I would use the Broncos. I, you know, the Bills and Broncos to me are both league average teams. The Broncos, I don't like that it's an early body clock game, but they're not a West Coast team. They're a mountain time team. But it's an early body clock, second week in a row. But, I, I mean, I would. it just seems like... It's should be three, and that's a big difference. Yep, I wrote about in Sap Picks is one of the other two games I like best this week. The Broncos used them as the best bet last week. Their uh, their defense is strong. Bills are riding high up last week, so yeah, I like the points here. Mark that one down as a possibility. Uh, the Steelers minus six and a half at Cincy. This is another one I went back and forth on, so I don't feel strong. I ended up laying the wood here, but man, their whole offense may remain sideline. But I just think their defense is so much better, and they're coming off such an undressing. And obviously the Bengals are the, the, the worst. Well, did you hear Rufus' segment on the XM show? I, I did catch that, yes. That might have actually influenced. I hope it didn't. It might, yeah, it might have influenced my thinking. Yeah, he, he liked <laughs> he was like He, likes he, he was like, yeah. I was like, where do you have? He's like, I really like the Steelers. I'm like, well, where do you have the line? Because I thought this line was big when I saw it. And he was like uh, 12 and a half or something. I was like, holy crap. But I think that he's not considering that Juju's probably out. And Deontay no. Johnson, I don't know. And James Conner, I don't know. And then you got Mason Rudolph. So, like, you're really dealing with scrubs. It's true the Steelers' defense is by far the best unit of the four that will be on the field. But divisional laying, game, laying six and a half in. on the road with, with, like, you know, just trying to rely on defense is tough. Yeah. And like I said, I, I don't like this one. I would stay away from me. This is another stay away for me. I, I went back and forth on your giants plus six at bears. Ultimately. I just, I took the points. I like the giants far more as dogs and I just can't stand the quarterback situation there. So, but I don't love it. Now the giants can't protect the quarterback and they can't run the ball and they can't play defense. All they can do is in the unlikely event that Jones gets protection, they can throw it and it's not going to be, you know, the weather could be an issue. The defense is good. 
I still took the Giants, but it's not a I don't like it either. Yeah. Raiders minus three at the Jets, an early game. Raiders are, are very good. Uh, I took the points home dog. I think Darnold maybe they turned the corner corner, but I don't I don't love this one either. Me too. I took the points. They're, they were a unanimous pick, actually, but yeah, I'm, I'm not strong on it. Yeah, that makes sense, but it, whatever. That, that actually line seems about right to me. Uh, Panthers plus nine and a half at Saints. Um, I actually did like this one. I like laying the wood here. I know that maybe you want to buy low on Carolina, but maybe it's just Kyle Allen is really bad, and the Saints are so good. It would take a really Herculean effort for them to stay within single digits for 60 minutes with the Saints, it feels like to me. Talk me out of – I'm considering moving Kamara over – uh, McCaffrey in my rankings this week, but I don't know if I have the guts to do it. What do you think? I'll talk you out of it right now. How did the Panthers do last week? How, how did the team perform? Panthers, they, they did not ball very well at all. What was the score in the Panthers Falcons game last week? I couldn't even tell you. I don't know. 29 to 3. 29 yeah, to 3 cool. Falcons. Yeah. No. What did, how many PPR points oh, did McCaffrey yeah. have? How many? Yeah, he balled. Yeah, I got you. I get what you're saying. 30. Um, he had 30. 30.1. Yeah, pretty crazy, huh? Do you understand that when your running back gets 30.1 in a game where you lost 29 to 3, Jeff on the radio was like, Yeah, and he got no touchdowns too. I'm like, Yes, Jeff, they lost 29 to 3. So you, yeah. you don't have to add the no touchdowns. He's like, No, yeah. I'm just saying that they, they didn't get any touchdowns. I'm like, Yes, I, that's what I'm trying to say by the score. Anyway, it's funny. No, he did that against the Niners too, the Niner game too. He did the same thing. It's, it's yeah. crazy here he's having. I mean, it's the, best, it's the first player in the I think the Saints. Of a thousand rushing 500 yards receiving, first ever. Yeah, and the Saints, um, they allow a lot of, uh, at least a few games ago, they were like the worst, not the worst, because it might be a strategy, but they'd allowed the most yardage to, receiving yardage to running backs. Oh, well, yeah, that would be a huge thing, too. I know Carolina struggles against the run a lot, though, and Kamara looked good last week and at home. But, uh, yeah, I'll, probably, I'll leave McCaffrey. Fair. I mean, I mean Kamara is also, he should be number two if he's not number one. Oh, sure, I have Kamara number two. But left him there, and he's cheaper in DFS, too. So I left him there, but I am going to lay the wood, though. And I believe you disagree. I wasn't strong on this. I made the line eight and a half. So, I mean, nine and a half, eight and a half isn't that big of a difference. Yeah. If you really want to push for the Saints, I could. I don't, I don't care. Yeah, if we need one, I'll, I'll just mark if we might need one. Okay, next up, uh, Buck and here's plus four and a half at Falcons. This one, another one I flip-flopped on. I actually want to believe in the Falcons. I mean, they made that switch. They look so good. And look at what the Saints did last week. They just went right back to being really good. So then having said that, I'm like, this is when Winston actually plays a good game. And actually, Winston's really weirdly had his big blow-ups at home. So this is just a quote-unquote feel. Wouldn't this line have been like three points different a week ago? So I, yeah, I took the That's point. what I did. I took the I made it four thinking I would have had it less than three a week ago. I would have had it like two and a half, one and a half, something like that. And so I was like, okay, I'll push it to four, but I'm not going to go too crazy on this. And then it was four and a half. So I was narrowly on the bucks. Um, two things. Yeah. The Rufus player model is interesting. It's funny. You know, he just said the coaching must be something wrong and switch some coaching on defense. And they just go crazy. Uh, one other thing circling back real quick list. We're talking about Camaro to uh, McCaffrey one. I looked at this actually, do you know who's the number one expert consensus ranked running back uh, in week 12 fantasy football right now? in 128 fantasy pros ranks rankers. It's, it's neither Camara nor it's neither Camara nor Caffrey. I, don't, I can't even think Dalvin Cook is off this week. Zeke is no. at the Patriots. So that doesn't really, that wouldn't be it. Aaron Jones is at the Niners. So that doesn't make any sense. Derrick Henry. No, no. Who is it? I'm asking for a reason. It's not, it's not Barkley. No, it's, keep, it's keep uh, Nick Chubb. It is Nick Chubb. <laughs> he is the number one running back. Yeah, He's CR. In well, that's in, that's in, oh, in non-PPR? not doing all that. Non-PPR? Half PPR. half PPR is what they use. Half PPR. Oh, half PPR. That's what they use, yes. Half PPR. Yeah, oh, I mean, in, full, right. in the NFFC, which, which is what I talk about, it's just you have to catch the passes. I mean, you have to be so ridiculous and to be a top. It's just and obviously, you know, it's just at home against the Dolphins helps a lot. I'm just, yeah. just I had, had to say that. No, but, I, um, I think Chubb will probably get his touchdowns this week. Like, you know, he's been stuffed a couple of times last couple of weeks, but he's getting the chances. 
Funny, funny, I actually like like Hunt in DFS this week cheaper. He's getting all those targets. Lions minus three and a half at, at Redskins. Um, I originally had a Detroit feel, but then I'm like, whatever, Haskins isn't, wasn't abysmal. Was he at home getting three and a half against Driscoll? So I took the points. Yeah, I mean, I don't like Haskins, but you just don't lay three and a half on the road with the Lions team and Jeff Driscoll, a quarterback. That's just insane. Yeah, Bo Scarborough. He's a guy. Do I would not actually have, use the Redskins if you want. Sixty. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. That one's three and a half. I mean, that's just that extra half is really big. If it was three, I I'd still take the Redskins, but it'd be closer. Yeah, it's not like Detroit's defense is still playing well either. Um, doesn't seem that that way to me. Uh, okay, here's the one we're going to disagree on: Seahawks plus one and a half at Eagles. This just seems like the right spot to me. I know Seattle coming off a bye, but the Eagles just seem like way better on offensive line. And I get it; they're, they're, they don't have any receivers. It looks like now, and and Carson Wentz. I think he has the most fumbles in the NFL since he entered the league. So tell me why you love the Seahawks, man. That at some point there's just these games that you're just going to lose, and this is a schedule game that, that does not look set up for me. So didn't Jason Peters get beat up uh, last week? He was limping off the field. Lane Johnson, what was his yeah, status? Lane. He was hurt too, right? Oh, yeah, did he, he get hurt during that game? Concussed, I believe, yeah. So, okay. Those are their two tackles. One of them is in the concussion protocol. The other one was hobbling off with the knee. Maybe they play. Maybe they don't. So that's huge. Secondly, the Patriots are three-and-a-half-point favorites in Philly last week. And I get they don't have to travel nearly as far and come from the west coast but the, the seahawks are coming off a bye so that's worth like a point and a half or something well at least according to rufus it's worth a point and a half so why the patriots and eagles are both coming off a bye so that was neutralized last week i think the line's one and a half so that's saying that the patriots are five points better than the seahawks on a neutral field and that's not docking the eagles for their horrible performance i think they should lose half a point or a point just they're worse than I thought. So I, you know, so it's saying they're like six points better. And then it's not even counting the, the bye week disparity where it's another point and a half. So are you, are you saying like the, the Patriots on a neutral field would be like six or seven points better than the Seahawks? No, I just like this spot specifically. 10 a.m. game for Seattle. The Seahawks really love to run the ball. The Eagles are getting healthier on defense, even their secondary. But I don't think their their play calling works great. I don't know. The Eagles were just up 10 nothing last week against the best team in football, the Patriots, and with a lot of injuries. Uh, let's bet 20 bucks on, on, on this game. Okay, let's do 20 bucks. I just – it may be a situational thing or it's a buy low on the Eagles or, you know – Seattle will come out flat off the bye. And it can be tricky trying to predict that stuff, but this just, I don't know. I mean, it may be, it may be. I know you hate that. I know you hate that stuff, but like pro football, I don't hate that stuff better as no, no, what I'm going to say right now, pro football focus has the Eagles as a better team, uh, overall this season and DVOA has them about equal. I think the Eagles two spots lower 10 or eight and 10. So they're about equal teams and the Eagles at home and definitely more quote unquote do that like the setup. So to me, this one screamed Philly at giving less than three. But, I mean, how can the Seahawks, who just beat the Niners, coming off a bye, uh, Russell Niners Wilson, how can they not be Niners. a better team than the Eagles, who got annihilated by Dallas, beat up pretty well by Minnesota, just completely had nothing at all against New England? I mean, it was the lamest offensive performance. I mean, like, make a, catch a goddamn ball, make a play, stop throwing in the ground, Carson Wentz. It was just, it was horrible. Like, they, the Patriots just kept punting it back to them. And it didn't matter because they couldn't do anything. You're overrating this like recency or something. The nine, that same Niners team was life and death at home against the Cardinals too. I don't know. This, they weren't the. I don't know. Things things change. They, I, the you the Niners, right. the Niners right. outgained hey, the Cardinals in that game yeah. like three to one. I mean, Garoppolo threw some really bad picks, but. The Niners were moving the ball up and down the field, and Watch the Cardinals were not. Wilson live on that game I was at, I have to, should have my head examined for betting against him so recently after because that guy was amazing, and he was I mean, so good, just, like unbeatable. Like So I got you. I mean, he's MVP. He's awesome. Betting against him might be as dumb as betting against Belichick. So that's, that's he, cool. He that's, is that's like, cool. He, it is like that ace in the hole, too, right? It's the Seahawks. I don't know. I, I think that, yeah, it's like Rufus was saying on the, on the show that like when you look at the Patriots' yards per play or whatever, they're good, but they're not good enough to be – covering the spread and winning all these Super Bowls, they're very efficient at converting yards to points. They're very con- efficient at preventing yards from the opponent converting well into points either. So I kind of think Russell Wilson's similar, right? He's just this yeah. ace in the hole like Belichick. Very possible. All right. Okay. Next one. 
We're doing 20 on that Seahawks. Yeah. 20. Plus what, whatever the line you use on the stat picks. Okay. Uh, Jags plus three at Titans. This is just seems like the line is exactly what it should be, but I, I gave, I laid the points. I would take the Titans. I think the Titans are better. Okay. Oh, do you like it? I think, sure. I think they're better defensively. They have a better offensive line. Derrick Henry's a beast. The Jacksonville is one of the worst in the league against the run. And Tannehill and Foles, that's about a wash. So um, I would I would lay the wood at home. And maybe not even. Like Tannehill's sitting at 8.4 YBA on this season. Yeah. And Foles, who knows? Well, like, who knows? So you can talk me into good Foles, problem. too. I mean, I think no, like, equally is, is fair. But This is one of those gut instincts. I had Henry and Titans D's, both possible top five options in the week in, like, rankings. So, like, anytime you think that, you know, it's like, yeah, okay. So, sure, if you like that, I'm in. Uh, I'm okay with that one. Dallas plus six and a half at Patriots. This one was tough for me. I could see it going either way. The Patriots really are unimpressive, but ultimately less than the touchdown, that defense, uh, I, I laid the points. I laid the wood too. Just Jason, I made it six and a half, so I could have gone either way, but, and it is six and a half, but Jason Garrett going on the road to yeah. Foxborough. I mean, just it, the Cowboys probably have better players, but they're, they're going to, something's going to go wrong. Cooper's banged up and Brady looks pissed over his performance last week. I, I like New England actually more think about it. This one I don't like. It's my Niners uh, Sunday night. Um, I actually gave these uh, tickets uh, to a charity event a few weeks back and they sold for far, far too cheap. Uh, Packers plus three at Niners Sunday night. Uh, I laid the points, but I mean, that's, that, that line's right. And I don't think both teams are quite as good as their record indicates, if that makes sense. I think if Kittle comes back. Kittle, Kittle could be out of the problem. I mean, I'm really worried about that. He's the X factor. There but it is. Joe I mean, Staley's out too. So Staley and Kittle is pretty big. But he Ford's out. He Ford's out. Debo Samuel's missing practice time with that sh- uh, shoulder. And, and and Shanahan said those guys are all down to game time decisions. So I'm I'm a little worried there. Yeah, I took the Niners. I I made it three and a half, but I was assuming they'd get some guys back. Like I thought maybe uh, Kittle would be back. And I assume Samuel was playing. They got use check. They got McGlinchey back. I think the Niners are the better team. The Packers, they need to, you know, they're kind of like, they're a little bit like the Patriots. Like they're a good defense. Packers have a way better offensive line, although we'll see when the Patriots get healthy on the offensive line. But they don't have anyone to make a play. I mean, Devontae Adams is better than the, the Pats receivers. I guess he's like a rich man's Julian Edelman at this point. But those other guys are terrible. So, Annoying the Niners. Go ahead. So I, I just felt the Niners have more playmakers, you know, if Kittle's healthy, especially. Annoying they have to face uh, Green Bay gets to come off the, the bye. But that was a fun game last week. Jimmy G experience is proving to be quite something. I mean, two just awful red zone interceptions, but then all the, all the awesome plays. And that, the play at the end of Jeff Wilson, that was his first and only snap of the game. You couldn't even see him when he threw through it. It was pretty, uh, pretty exciting stuff. Uh, Monday night, Ravens minus three at Rams. Well, by I the way, I, I would rather the Jimmy G, like four TDs, two picks, than two TDs, one pick, or one TD, no picks. Alex Smith. You, you want your you want to have Daniel Jones, Jimmy G. Ty, I mean, I don't know that Jimmy G. or Daniel Jones is going to end up being good, but I rather take my chances on someone who's willing to take a chance, who's willing to put the throw in there and make a couple of mistakes. I, I wouldn't be Jimmy G's got a little bit more experience, so it's it's a little worse that he makes a mistake. But in general, I want my young quarterbacks making mistakes and making plays, not neither. <laughs> if it's neither, forget it. There's no future. And like through the first 20 starts, his interceptions are actually not bad compared to the contemporaries. Like, you know, the Manning's had far more like only Aaron Rodgers had significantly more. Um, oh, by the way, he's 17 and three during those first 20 starts. But people do forget, you know, he's still kind of learning. Um, the Monday night game should be good. Uh, Ravens minus three at Rams. You're bringing up uh, the ability efficiency to turn yards into scoring well the ravens have just been underrated and kind of similar to wilson and the mvp stuff but the running quarterback their yards into first downs i'm pretty sure they were on pace to have the fewest punts in nfl history before not punting last week so i need to look into that but that that's that's just crazy the yard the efficiency like that's that might not be showing up in the overall stats but this team is just tough to get off the field so i went with them. Uh, but so i ended up laying the points but i didn't i didn't like this one at all though actually to be honest i didn't feel strongly about it but i laid the points I made it three, and it is three, so I laid the points, but it yeah. was 50-50. I'll say one thing. Marquise Brown is a real key because if that guy can be Deshaun Jackson, which is what he looks like when he's healthy, you've got, you know, you've got a real problem here because you've got the safety has to watch out for that, 
And then at the same time, you've got to stop the run. You've got to stop Jackson and Ingram from running. So that's just an impossible task. It's like the Warriors or something with Curry shooting from 30 feet out. It's like, wait, we got to stop everything. It's just too much court to cover. And it's just too much field to cover. It's, it's, you don't have the resources. The safeties can't be in two places at one time. So if you ever have a team that can have a, a deep threat and that sort of read option, impossible to stop running game with the best running quarterback ever and a good offensive line, that's just a good luck on defense. And Marcus Peters made the Ravens defense way better too. So, you know. All right. You ready to pick the five? Yeah. What's the fifth? So I'd say right now we got Colts, Broncos, Titans, and I'll fight for saints. Is that, does that sound right? Those can have the saints if you want. And then, um, the the fifth fifth one is the Redskins. Oh yeah. You said that. I didn't write that one down. Yep. Yep. Good call. I'm down with that one. All right. So it was easy. We thought it was going to be hard. All right. Yeah. And then we even got a nice $20 side bet too on our ones we like. So that'll be, I mean, I understand it. It feels like an Eagles spot. Like it's just, okay, no one, everyone's, they're dead to everybody. But I don't feel that if the line were minus three and a half, Seahawks minus three and a half, I thought it should have been like four and a half. I think the Eagles suck. But if the line were like reflecting, okay, nobody believes in the Eagles and everybody's overrating the Seahawks, great. That's a time to take them. But this line is barely saying the Eagles are better. You know, they're saying the Seahawks are barely a better team. How can that be? Uh, offensive lines. I don't know. It's easier to uh, quarterback is a mismatch. I will say that Wentz Wentz is definitely a wild card. Receivers a mismatch. Tyler Lockett and yeah, he should be fine. Yeah, he spent time. In I the think hospital, he's healthy. Though. I think he's playing. And and DK Metcalf, Metcalf and who knows if Josh Gordon's going to do anything. But you were. Oh, I heard you say that. And it was Pro Football Focus who had them ranked for Pro Football Focus had them ranked first in defensive line, offensive line, and receiving core. And yes, of course, it, it included Ertz and Goddard, who's really, really good, by the way. But they super overrated. I made the sense amended and admitted as much as that rookie JJ Arcia, whatever downside, as you said, that they loved him. He's been a bust. So yeah, and Jeffrey yeah, they loved him. Also, Jeffrey people. can't catch. Aguilar's Sean always Jackson's been. out. Jackson's but Deshaun Jackson with Wentz. Wentz loved to throw deep, and he's one of the actual few difference makers. Like even if he's not affecting your fantasy team, like the the PIs he draws and the defensive attention, I do think that was a difference maker, and that's a big problem losing DJX. Just makes you have to play the whole field, and it's it's a huge advantage for the offense. And the Chiefs have two of them too, by the way. That's that's helpful. But and, and um, a quarterback can get it there. Although they looked really shaky in that game. Yeah, no, it certainly didn't look overly. You know, how, how annoying was that? That was supposed to be like high altitude, seventy yard field goals, defense suck and win, going to be the highest scoring game of the year. But it's super, super. So of course, naturally, not. Um, it was Rivers, right? right? Like, yeah. Rivers is. Uh, yeah, the under. They got, yeah. they got <laughs> goods on Rivers. That's what happened. <laughs> These guys were trying the under. All right, so we got to talk about Cap. I don't want to get too fired up, but like, do, what is? Do you have an opinion on Cap? Like, I mean, do you know what's going on, or do you just? I mean, the media. The media is making it seem like it's. Uh, I mean, it's. It's. I don't. Know. Yeah. You. You say your thoughts before I give them. So up. my first thought was, why is the NFL doing this? Like they already settled with them. PR gain they would get from doing it is negligible. Nobody thinks the NFL is the good guy, or the people who do think it's the good guy don't care about Kaepernick. They hate Kaepernick. So it's like this. There's no point in this. So why are they doing it? And then I saw something. I didn't read the article, but I saw Charles Robinson at Yahoo explain why legally they did this it was like satisfying some condition i think maybe of the settlement what do you know what i'm talking about yeah man they know a second lawsuit's coming up the pike and they tried to preemptively to get him to sign something to put him in a legal checkmate it's absolutely the dirtiest pool i've ever seen and it was just as i cannot kind of not imagine the nfl getting any lower they pull this stunt and even try to make it come across as like it was his fault it's just it's so beyond infuriating. It's almost like if I had any intestinal fortitude, I'd stop following the thing. But unfortunately, I have none, and I'll continue following it. But just dirty pool, man. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Because there's just no reason for them to do that. So if, he didn't have, if he didn't have a competent lawyer, luckily, as my guy Garagos follows me on Twitter, uh, who caught it, and he said it's an absolute joke. He said it's an absolute joke. And, wait, 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 uh, stop. Do it, I, do, am I actually co-hosting a podcast with someone yes, that Mark Garagos? Yes, you are. Yeah, I know, I know, Didn't I know, Garagos I know, get in trouble, though? Didn't he, like, listen, listen, didn't he get listen, involved in some shady stuff with one of those Democratic operatives? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, Avenatti, yeah, he's not in trouble for that. He has nothing to do with that. Notice he hasn't been – have you heard anything about that since? No, of course not. Avenatti? But, um, Isn't he going to jail or something? Yeah, no, but I mean Garagos' involvement, I'm saying. He's okay, not, he's, okay. He's, 
It's fine. Anyway, yeah, no, it, it was really bad, man. He got he was on Corolla's podcast talking about it a week ago, saying, "Man, this." He's like, "I'd love to think that this was not just this was the kindness of their heart, but we need to see the you know we need to know more." I'm I'm really skeptical. And as soon as they send the waiver over the night before, it concluded such. It's not, okay. Forget the fact that I again, whatever. Pro football talk is a lawyer independent of anyone. They're not involved. They don't care either side. And and he's gone over it and he said flat out the differences in the waivers are, are night and day They're like they included all kinds of extra language he's like if he was my client i would have laughed and said not a chance do you sign this it's a joke what the nfl did how dumb is the nfl or how dumb does the nfl think kaepernick and his people are but i just think how dumb are you if you're the nfl well, that you not, think that's gonna I think work the, i think 90 i think maybe most people think that the their narrative might be looking their way other than the next the ensuing lawsuit that's probably gonna, gonna fall we'll see if, they, if this does lead to anything but it's just a, a pr stunt with just but this should actually be, really cut in his favor because he could say they're so worried but they know they've done wrong they're trying to trick me out i mean this is an obvious yeah, sure ploy oh, yeah, because they know they they know they've, they're liable they know they have liability they know this is not right and he's probably a average to above average starter in the nfl but there's no argument that he's not at least a backup. They shouldn't be offered some. I mean, you see the guys that are coming in now off the street, basically. It's like not so, even an argument. That's it's right. not an argument. Yeah. So I, they're going to lose. They're probably worried about it. And but what a dumb ploy! I just can't believe how uh, how transparent that is. Yeah, I know. Is he, he's going to end up on a team, or a second lawsuit's going to happen, and they're going to pay even more. But um, yeah, and they're just going to pay. They're not. They can't. They're so dug in. There's no way he plays again. Yeah, and I don't. Yeah, but anyway. So you got uh, anything else uh, on your mind? I didn't. Uh, I don't have too much else this week. We got uh, Thanksgiving coming up. You doing any traveling or anything? No, we're just going to. We're sticking around here with some American friends, having it. You know, it's not like it's funny when you're in another country. Like Thanksgiving's such a big deal in the U.S. Right. We're in another right. country. It doesn't even exist. Like they're not going to like let Sasha out of school. Weird question. Even you know, ask you, right? Uh, yeah, we're going to pull like, her yeah, out of school, yeah. but they don't, it's not like they're not like stopping school because Thanksgiving is around. Right. No, that makes sense. All right. So nothing else. Uh, nothing else on your mind. Uh, let's uh, get back on track with the picks, and uh, that's all you got, Liz. Yeah, let's do this, man. I mean, we're three and two. It wasn't terrible. You know, we really got to focus on fifteen through seventeen and win that fifteen k. Just go, it's just 15 and 0. You think 14 and 1 gets the money? Probably not. Ooh, good question. Okay, so that is when it starts, so week 15. All right, let's I don't know. You, you tell me, but I thought that was yeah. what it was. I'll have to look into it. Yeah, I know I will. I'll look into it to make sure that is a good, good call. Good call. Time's, time's flying by as, as usual, but season just, just flew right by. Are you, uh, so you're in contention most of your leagues? How are you doing fantasy wise uh, now that we're at the end here? I'm in sixth place in the Huevos League. I'm like in trouble in the stake. Like I have good players. I think like, you know, Melvin Gordon's going to come around and I've been neglecting my IDPs. I think I can get out of buying at least double in the stake, but it's, it's risky. And then I've got two NFBC. One of them is probably gonna make the playoffs. The one you and I are in the other one is in fourth and in contention, but it's not a great team. That's my Nick Chubb team. And then, uh, this FSGM six and five, but it's all, uh, smoke and mirrors. So I'm no, having a doing decent, the FSG. decent fantasy season. Not great. Nice. Uh, Good. What about you? You're not doing FSGA in uh, in Vegas, are you? In January? No, I'm not doing that. I'll do the the June one. I guess it's in Dallas, which is a real pain in the ass for me to get there. But right, yeah, that's a all right. Well, keep missing each other. It's too uh, it's too bad. Dude, make um, a trip to Portugal. What, uh, I mean, everybody's visited us out here. Uh, I would I would like to, man. That'd be a lot of fun. I didn't even need You're to way too much of an outlet monkey to travel. Have you ever been outside the United States? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been to Mexico and I've been to I've been to Switzerland, but it has been since high school. I was 18 years old, so I, like I said, I need to update my passport. It's really been so my, get, my passport. Get on it. It's like one of the best things in the world to travel, see places. No, I, I should do that actually. Liz. I would go. I, I should do that. Um, what uh, What else? Before we go, actually, right before I came on here, wasn't someone jumping on, trying to blow, blowing something, a whistleblower, real quick for with, with, with Trump? Is that going to amount to anything? I've, I've just been barely following that whole thing because I feel like I know it's bullshit. Yeah. yeah like I just yeah. know it's bullshit, even though people are so sure that it's for real. I, I, it's a really, I think we're at a really screwed up time where and we've talked about this, that there's just, there's no amount of convincing that's going to work for people. Like they just believe this stuff. And well, you know, I'll, I'll say one thing. This was this something I had a conversation with Heather about. We're talking about how memory if you if you have a, dis, a dispute about what happened, like, no, I was there. No, you weren't there. I was there by myself. You could have a disagreement. And let's say, like, you were doing something, and I said, no, I was with you when we did that. And you were like, no, you weren't. And I was like, yeah, I was. 
Okay, so we have a, a memory dispute. And it, there's, not, you know, there's no real stake in it. It's not like it means anything. It's just like, no, we get into an argument, say. And the thing is, one of us is factually incorrect because either you were there or you weren't, right? Either I was there with you or I wasn't. It's not, well, my opinion was that I was there and yours is that it's not an opinion thing. It's someone was right and someone was wrong. But I could have remembered being there because you told me the story about it and it was around when we hung out and I put myself there in my mind and then as I told myself the memory over time, it just, I was there and that's how I remember it. So memory is fallible. They've done studies about it. Memory's fallible. So I talked to Heather about it. And so it was sort of like, okay, well, you know, a lot of people, they think they were somewhere on 9-11, but they actually were somewhere else. But it was such an emotional event, they re-remembered it. And so it's like, okay, well, maybe, you know, in these cases, the, the scissor statements, you know, also like the um, Kavanaugh trial, like maybe that the woman was not lying and she really remembered it that way, whether or not it happened. I don't know whether it happened, but whether or not it happened, she remembered it that way. Because most people would say, oh, well, she's saying she was there and this happened. She doesn't seem like a liar. I believe her. Like, if she doesn't seem like a liar, then she couldn't just make this up. But you can just make it up. A person can just make up something but still not be lying because they're making it up and they, they remember it that way. Again, I'm not trying to say which is true or which is not. I'm just saying that because I have no idea. But I'm just saying that it is possible for a person to remember something clearly and wrongly. And so... It's like, okay, well, what do you do about that? And then, and then uh, Heather was talking about how, you remember Brian Williams, a newscaster? Yep. Yes. He got in shit because he made up a whole story about how he was yes, in a yes. war zone, yeah, but it was total war, bullshit. Yeah. He wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the guy was saying, with some articles he read, that like he knows Brian Williams, and Brian Williams believed it at the time, that he just thinks of himself as that kind of guy. And so he, like, in his mind, he was there. And then, so it's like, oh, so maybe he's not as culpable as everyone says. Like, you know, it's, it's not like he's some liar, like doing fake journalism or something. But I'm like, yeah, but you can't absolve that because there's a lot of people who self-image or the way they want to be looked at by the world is so, they have such an urgent need that they sort of edit and delete. Like, I'm going to edit this podcast, edit out stuff that, they, that doesn't comport with their self-image or their worldview, and they edit in stuff that is more... Uh, appropriate to their worldview that fits. I mean, there's people totally. like that. You know people like that, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I could buy it too. Like, I could buy that, Brian Williams. I, I, I do not call that total bullshit. I could, I right. could kind so, of believe that. Yeah. But what do you do about people who their, their image, they have so much of a stake in maintaining an image of themselves that they literally cut and paste from their memory? I mean, they don't do it like consciously, but they're just so driven to see themselves a certain way that they remember things in accordance with what they, how they need to remember them to be the way they want to be. And so it's not just an accident that this one person only remembers this or doesn't remember the terrible things they did or this one person wants to vote for this candidate even though all this terrible stuff happened uh, because they've sort of like just, they don't really remember it because it doesn't comport with their view of, oh, I voted for this person, that's a good person. And so, you, so you, everybody's kind of innocent in a way. We're all just sort of have our memories manipulated either by the media or by ourselves. But I kind of feel like those are sociopaths. Not every, I'm not saying everybody's a sociopath, but the people that most need to manipulate their self-image because it's so important for them to see themselves a certain way and avoid certain truths, those people are kind of sociopaths. That's what sociopaths do, right? They, 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 they basically just can see reality the way that's convenient for them. Yeah. I think the worst kind of like testimony or evidence is eyewitness kind of just because of people's memories. You know, they always get it wrong. It's probably my buddy Garagos who who's always telling me that, but I think that it does make sense though. It's just, it's just well, well, the memories. It's just, it's, it's, yeah, I can totally buy that for sure. The brain is, we don't even know, you know, don't even have a clue. How it works. I guess. So that's the other reason why the statute of limitations exists for a lot of crimes. Cause it's like, after a long enough time, how can we even know it becomes harder to establish stuff? But my point is just that on the one hand, everybody does that to an extent. Nobody's perfect. Everybody has this memory process is not a clean record. It's not like a video recorder. But on the other, like some people, it's just part of who they are to edit the shit out of it. And those people are dangerous. So you're sort of caught in this thing where is it possible that like a lot of the media, the way they see things, they're the types that are the most dangerous. It's hardest for them to sort of, not all of them obviously, but a lot of them to see the facts that, that don't comport with their worldview or what's good for their paycheck or what's good for their career. 
And so that they actually believe it, but they're the kind of psychos that will change how their brain processes information in order to further themselves. But they genuinely believe it. It's just that at a certain level, early in the process, they just decided that whatever the, the, right, the right, quote, right thing to believe is, that's what they're going to believe. And so they're going to see things, they're going to shoehorn the world into that, you know, the facts about the world into that funnel to advance their careers, no matter what. All right, man. Good stuff. I do. I should visit you. My, you know, I'm thinking my, my wife, she, her, her cousin's from Germany. She was just here and she was saying that we need to go there. So I, I need to make a point to, uh, to, uh, to do some traveling. Talk is cheap, man. I know. I know it is. You don't, but, uh, you don't have a, a thought about what I just said? Yeah, no, I, we just I, checked I, out. Are you like checking Twitter or emails or something? No, I, uh, do we I, know I, what I, I just said? You said that uh, that people's uh, I don't know what summarize it list. We know that memory is fallible, and that people yes. embellish and edit their memories. But I'm saying that like, could it not be that there's a lot of people that? I mean, we have to edit this because I said it three times. But <laughs> there's, there's, could be there's a lot of people. My bad. Fix it. Who yeah. who are so driven either by career or their paycheck or their self-image or whatever to, to see the world a certain way. Like if you're working for like MSNBC, you can't see the world. You must see the world a very particular way. And so literally they're going to delete and they're going to edit things and they're going to believe the shit out of them for real. But they're not lying when they say this stuff. It's just that they, they basically committed at an early level to go down the road to believe this stuff for their career and for to fit into the tribe that they're in and to, you know, keep their self image intact. And then it's like a really fucked up time because people either through media manipulation or self manipulation are just, we're not even agreeing on the basic facts of what happened. It might know that George Costanza, when he tells him to tell a lie, it's not, it's not a lie. If you believe it's true. And, and that's that kind of, I mean, what you're saying, is it a lie if that person does really not even realize that they're lying kind of in is a way? Is it not too? a lie though, if you've structured your whole life to believe in a certain thing and structured your interpretation of the facts in accordance with that. So it's not a lie. You do believe right, it, right, right, right. And, but you basically made a pact in advance maybe not consciously even, but you know what you're doing kind of to only believe this. Yeah, sure. I can see that happening. And what is, yeah. Okay. And I mean, is, is that yeah. in some ways just as much of a lie? You're living a lie. It is absolutely. Cause it's you believe what you're saying, but you're basically chosen a lie your whole life. And so I think that these journalists that are covering this stuff, they believe the shit out of it and they look at each other and they're in echo chamber like, oh, well, he really believes it and he's smart and he's got a job at the Washington Post and he's got a job on MSNBC. But they've all sort of, they're all sort of lying. They're not lying because they believe it, but they're all sort of agreed, this is what I need to believe in order to advance. At a, if, it's at a, a, if it's objectively bad to a third party, then are you saying, does it make it less offensive that they, to, to us, that they, the, 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 to the third party that finds it lying that they to themselves, they are not lying. Is that what you're kind of getting at? Does it make it less yeah, bad? I guess, I guess yeah, it's one of the things. It's one of the things I'm getting at is you accuse these people of lying and they're like, screw you, this is what's happened. How can you not see it? If you're talking to like a partisan, they're always going to see it the way they see it. And, mm-hmm. you're, and if you're a partisan, you're always going to see it the way you see it because you've, that's your worldview. But like the third party who doesn't give a shit about that, who's not invested in it, I mean, we can't say that we're not invested in like, say, oh, I'm objective or whatever, but like to the extent, theoretically, there was someone like that, they'd look at this and they'd be like, these fucking people are crazy and they're, they're, a, uh, they're damaging, having a, a huge pernicious effect on the discourse and the governance of society. Don't we all kind of live in our own cocoons, though? I mean, I feel like I know I do, and it's kind of unco- not just... I don't know. I feel like everyone kind of lives in their own bubble or whatever. Do, well, that's what I was trying to say before is that you do edit memories. We don't necessarily, you're not going to have a perfect recall and you're going to make errors because memory is not perfect, but, and you may live in a cocoon and well, not a cocoon, but you may be surrounded by people who are of a certain ilk and who that you sort of know them for through a certain thing and, and you get those kind of views. But does your self image 
or your uh, livelihood depend on proving you're belonging to a certain tribe, to uh, believing the correct thing to believe according to the people you hang out with. That's so that would be even more incentive then you mean to, be, to go hardcore in that you mean, because they're, they're actually, it's right. Huh? Yeah. So they're it's all like, in, they're all in because that's their, yeah. Yeah. They're all in because that's the thing that pays them and gives them membership in an important place for, that they want. Right. That, and so they can't not, they can't see it. They can't see the facts. They can't see the truth, whatever it is. They can only see one one narrative, uh, and if they if they stop seeing it that way, you know they they can't because they, it, they would stop being promoted. You don't get promoted in MSNBC or some of these places unless you see the world in this way. And this is just a random. There's no Bernie Sanders supporting columnist at the New York Times. There's no right. Trump support. There's some neocon columnists who think George Bush was great, but there's no Trump really pro-Trump columnist at the New York Times. There's no pro-Bernie columnist at the New York Times. The people who advance at the New York Times, for example, cannot, (laughs) they cannot see the way things, the way somebody who likes Bernie or Trump would see them. And there's two totally different ways, but neither of those are available if you want that job. And same thing with like being on MSNBC or whatever. You cannot have those views. So, So early on, you learn to see the facts a certain way. And then when all the people in your echo chamber see them the same way, it seems like everybody else is fucking off their rocker and they can't even have a conversation with someone else and other people can't even have a conversation with them. And it's not just like a, it's a memory issue and they believe it, but it's like a deep down choice long ago to, to be that way. How do you, how do you not do that? Well, I, you, you just try to, be open to the facts and don't be too attached to your self image, right? Like if yeah, it starts from the beginning, I guess, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, you just, take that. yeah. In the beginning, but also just sort of like, well, you probably have an image of yourself and yeah. Can you come out of it? I guess is what I'm trying to guess. Is well, I, I think you're pretty good. I, I don't think you're attached. You know, when I mock you as a nutless monkey or whatever, you don't, it doesn't seem to really, not that you, I mean, maybe your image of yourself is being a nutless monkey, but <laughs> um, I'm just saying like, it doesn't really, you don't really get like worry. You, you don't seem to have a very, what about the people deepen in their profession though that are that are way into it? Can, is there any coming out as far as as far as what they told themselves? Is there how, how do they step back and take a, a, you know a, a, the other side's point of view? Like if you're truly like all in on a, a certain religion and, and you're trying yeah. to see certain yeah. uh, did it take some like made you, Ill, it made you yeah you couldn't really hang out with your friends if you like right. Trump or you thought some even something that Trump did was okay. How would you get out of it? I mean, you just get out of it, but the reason you got into it is the reason you don't get out of yeah, it. Is there no was, one wants to get out of it. There's a reward yeah, exactly. for it and just, you're, you don't want to give up those rewards and you and, and the scary people are the ones that the less scary people are the ones just sort of going along with it, but they kind of know it's bullshit, but it's just better to keep your mouth shut or to sort of agree. The scary people are the ones that want it so bad that they have to convince themselves that it's true and then will defend it. Those are the scary ones. And what I, I don't, you know, everyone is, has hope. Everyone can come out of it, I guess. But I just mute. Like I, all, anybody who's just like, I feel is just drunk, the poisonous Kool-Aid. I just mute them on Twitter. Like, I don't, I don't want to know. I don't care about their views. You know, whatever view they have that serve themselves in their careers and has made the money at the expense of the health of the political discourse. Like I just mute. I don't want to know what they're thinking. People say, Oh, did you hear what so-and-so said? It's so ridiculous. I'm like, no, I didn't. I muted them. I don't, I don't want to know. I don't want to know what Hillary Clinton thinks or what Rachel Maddow thinks or what Sean Hannity thinks. I don't want to know what those people think. Like, I don't want to, those people drunk the Kool-Aid. Like just the best thing you could do for them is don't give them any reward, not even a view, not even a click for, for doing that. And Hopefully the drug wears off. It has less and less reward when people sort of back off from it. You know, so for whatever reason, I don't really go on Twitter that much these days just to check my mentions and whatnot, uh, dish out some horrible lineup advice. But so I'm kind of beholden to whoever pops up on my feed just for the, the beginning before when I click Twitter. And for whatever reason, you've clicked uh, like twice this week. You made me laugh and I liked a couple of your your tweets. I forget. I think I forget exactly what they were. But um, that just reminded me of, uh, of that to you. Uh, you made a couple of decent tweets. That's all. Uh, 
that's all I really have for you this this week, Liz. All um, that was heavy stuff, and um, I liked it though. I mean, that was uh, that makes sense at the end, and I I buy it. I believe it. So it's some dark. One, shit. Uh, you got anything else? Not that's yeah, it. Dark shit. That's it. Want me to leave you with the whimsical whimsical? I'll leave you with the whimsical story. Okay. Um, oh, Mary, act, you know, an, an actress, Mary Steenburgen. She played uh, the mom on Step Brothers and a lot of movies. She uh, Ted Danson's wife. Okay. Um, she had arm surgery like a decade ago or whatever. Don't worry about the details. And she woke up a uh, minor arm surgery. And she woke up with, I guess, constant music in her head. Talking about memories and how the brain works is weird, but, um, and it just wouldn't stop, blah, blah, blah. And I guess she met with people that wrote, and she just recently, uh, wrote a song that I believe was just nominated for, uh, for like a best Grammy in some, some, some movie or something. But anyway, it's a, a pretty interesting long read on that where actress, Mary Steenburgen, and again, the mom for Step Brothers. Minor surgery, woke up with music constantly in her head, and she just wrote a, something that made it uh, like a best Grammy or something. So uh, leave you with that on a lighter note, Liz, and uh, let's boss ball on our football picks this week. All right, man. Yeah, let's I'll do come it, visit man. you in Lisbon, Liz. I'll come visit you in Lisbon yeah, one of these talk days. Talk is cheap. You know, Ivy was saying she's going to visit other people. You don't call me that you know. Yeah, I know. Bump, 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 uh, who's been there? Dre's been there? Dre's been there. Pete shanky has been there. A lot of people have been there. Trevor Ray has been here. Yeah, he's been there, man. Matt Nutless, the Matt Nutless monkey's been there, man. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, the original Nutless monkey's uh, yeah. been here. Yeah, he's that dude's a funny dude. Yeah, he's here, and I mean, they're not all just visiting me, but they they know I'm here, so they look me up. Totally. All right, man. Good times. All right, take it easy, dude.